Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. If the Tokyo Olympics was the one bright point in your life recently, then strap yourselves in because the Paralympics starts today to take our minds off all the other things going on in the world right now. Over the next 12 days, through the performances of Paralympians, you will see the true meaning of sport and the true definition of ability. Today, we're looking at some of the amazing stories behind the Paralympics and find out which Aussies are the ones to watch and who's most likely to bring home gold. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. After touring through all 47 of Japan's prefectures, the Paralympic torch will be lit at today's opening ceremony in Tokyo, the only city in the world to host the Paralympic Games twice, the first back in 1964. This year, badminton and taekwondo will make their Paralympic debut, but there are two sports that only Paralympians play. Boccia is similar to bowls or patonk. And then there's goalball, a game where vision-impaired players roll a ball with bells inside at each other's goals while the opposition attempts to stop it. They throw themselves into the path of the ball when they hear it coming. The competition is fierce. Sport for athletes with an impairment has been around for more than 100 years. The first clubs for the deaf were created in Berlin in 1888. But para-athletics started to gain momentum after World War II, in part to assist returning war veterans who came home with injuries. In 1944, at the request of the British government, Dr Ludwig Gutmann, a Jewish doctor who'd fled Nazi Germany, opened a spinal injuries clinic at the Stoke Mandeville Hospital, which offered sport as a form of rehabilitation. That rehab would go on to become recreational and eventually competitive sport. The first Stoke Mandeville Games were held on the same day as the opening ceremony of the 1948 Games in London. 16 injured servicemen and women took part in an archery competition. Four years later, Dutch ex-servicemen and women joined the movement. Then in 1960, the Stoke Mandeville Games changed its name and the first ever Paralympic Games were held in Rome in Italy, featuring 400 athletes from 23 countries. The word Paralympic comes from the Greek word para, or beside, and Olympic, meaning that it's an event alongside or parallel to the Olympics. They exist side by side. 
Since 1988, when the Summer Games were held in Seoul in Korea, the Paralympics have been hosted by the same city as the Olympics every four years, or five for the 2020 Games in Tokyo. In its long history, there's only one athlete who's won medals in both an Olympics and Paralympics. Hungarian fencer Paul Sekeres won bronze at the Seoul Olympic Games in 1988, then, after suffering injuries in a bus accident in 1991, went on to win gold in the wheelchair equivalent of his sport in Barcelona in 1996. But that's not to say that Paralympians haven't also competed at the Olympics. Poland's five-time table tennis Paralympic champion Natalia Partika also competed at the 2008, 2012 and 2016 Olympic Games. US swimmer Trisha Zorn is the most decorated Paralympian of all time, with an incredible 55 medals won between 1980 and 2004. 32 of them are gold. Dutch wheelchair tennis player Esther Vergeer retired after the Games in London on a 470-match winning streak that stretched back more than 10 years. The oldest Paralympian on record is Aussie shooter Libby Kosmala, who at 74 years of age competed in Rio in 2016. It was her 12th Games appearance, and across her career, she collected 12 shooting medals, nine of them gold, plus a bronze in swimming. If you want to learn some Paralympic rules, here are a few to look out for. In the vision-impaired running event, where they have a guide attached with a strap around the arm or hands, the athlete must cross the line before their guide. In wheelchair tennis, the players are allowed two bounces of the ball. In wheelchair basketball, the player can touch his or her chair just twice between a dribble, shot or pass before they're pinged for travelling. In goalball, all players must wear eye shades to ensure no one has an unfair advantage when those competing may have different levels of vision impairment. In the football five-a-side, a sighted coach is seated behind the attacking goal to direct their forward players. Brazil are the undefeated champions of this sport, winning every Paralympic five-a-side since its introduction at Athens in 2004. All spectators at a goalball or five-a-side football match must remain silent as both rely on the ball's sound to play. Athletes who play sitting volleyball have to have their torso or the part between their buttocks and their shoulders in contact with the floor at all times while the ball is in play. Wheelchair rugby has two types of chair, an offensive version, which has a rounded bumper, and a defensive, which has a longer bumper that sticks out in front. Vision-impaired swimmers have an assistant called a tapper who taps their head to let them know when it's time to turn. In cycling, athletes can compete using hand cycles, tricycles, or for those with a vision impairment, a tandem bike with a sighted pilot. There are so many incredible stories from the history books of the Paralympics. So what history will our Australian team be making in 2021? Kate McLaughlin is the current Paralympics Australia Chef de Mission. She's been to several Paralympic Games as Chef de Mission and Deputy Chef de Mission, having worked at Paralympics Australia for the past 12 years. Kate, all right, tell us, who should we be looking out for in Tokyo from our team? Oh my goodness, there's so many options. Very difficult to choose. We have an amazing team across so many sports. Look, the swim team are always incredibly successful and there's a number of athletes in there who are multiple gold medal winners. Ellie Cole, Brendan Hall, 
Tiffany Thomas Kane, so many. So the swim team are great. The, the cycling team are an incredibly strong team as well. They're out at Izu, which is about two hours away from the main village. We have the wheelchair rugby team who will be defending their crown from Rio and London. They're two-time gold medalists. And there's a whole host of individual athletes as well. Our runners, our middle distance and long distance runners in the athletics team are amazing. Our wheelchair track and road are amazing. So, so many things to look out for. Well, can we look at some of the athletes individually? And I mentioned to you before we started this conversation that there are just too many to choose from because they all have such incredible stories, but we've managed to narrow it down to a few. So you've mentioned Ellie Cole already. Let's talk about her. She has just had such an amazing career. She has. She's won 15 Paralympic medals so far, six goals since competing in the first games in Beijing in 2008. So She's still really young. She's still in her 20s, but she's actually the oldest statesman of the team and very much in a leadership role in that team and just an amazing, effervescent, fantastic athlete. What I love about Ellie too is, so she had her leg amputated when she was tiny, like three years old, but she was in the pool like weeks after that. She was. But when you meet Ellie, you realise exactly why that is, just the tenacity and you know, the enthusiasm for life, she's absolutely amazing. And having her leg amputated through cancer has certainly not held her back in any way, shape or form. Now, someone else on the team who's also had a limb amputation is paracanoist AJ Jennings. Now, she really had to hit rock bottom before she's come out top of her sport. Yeah, absolutely. And AJ's story is amazing. I mean, she had chronic pain in her leg and made the choice to amputate rather than continue to experience that pain. She came back, won a medal. She's an incredibly popular member of the team. She's incredibly enthusiastic and she's just brilliant at her sport. Also to, to mention about AJ, you mentioned that chronic pain already, but she went through prescription medication addiction and really dark depression at times too. So she's overcome so much to get to the top of her game. She has. She really has. And it's been a really tough 12 months for every single one of the athletes, including AJ. But to see her train and compete and get to these games, it came down to the wire for her as well. She had another athlete that was vying for selection just a couple of months ago and she had to do a race off to actually earn her slot. So she has really put the effort in and cannot wait to see her on the water. She always dyes her hair a crazy colour and I can't wait to see what colour it is this game. Well, let's talk about someone who's making their debut, Shay Graham. Shay Graham is a librarian by trade and she is an Australian stealer. So she's the first female member of the Australian wheelchair rugby team. Not many people know that wheelchair rugby is a mixed sport and there are very few countries that have women on their team but this is the very first time Australia will and she is a force to be reckoned with. She certainly gives it to the guys on the court and there's no evidence of a difference in gender when she's out there. She's a brave lady. (laughs) (laughs) She's a very brave lady. I've been watching some wheelchair rugby and that is hectic, that sport. They just ram each other so hard. Yeah, absolutely. You would not want to be in their way. It's like dodging cars at the Paralympic Games. It's absolutely brilliant to watch. Well, let's talk about what it's like in Tokyo right now. There was a lot of talk before the Paralympics began that the Paralympians were stepping into a potentially more dire situation than our athletes from the Olympic team because of the COVID situation. How is everybody handling it? Yeah, look, really well. I feel like the protocols that we've put in above and beyond what the organising committee have put in are really making the Australian team feel relatively safe. We have our own allotment. We stick to ourselves. 
wear mask wearing. It's quite nerve-wracking thinking what's going out in the in the rest of Tokyo and the rest of Japan. You know, I really feel for the Japanese people. It's wonderful that they've still welcomed us into their environment, but look, it doesn't take away from the fact that we can't be complacent. Things have got worse in Japan since we arrived, and we just need to make sure that our athletes look after themselves so they can get to the start line. Just finally, can we talk about one more of the athletes? I know we've spoken about some amazing women on the team, but there is one man who has an incredible story. Can you tell us about Ahmed Kelly? Yeah, look, Ahmed Kelly, he was a young kid who grew up in a Baghdad orphanage along with his brother, and he was adopted by an amazing woman, his mum, who also adopted the conjoined twins, Trishna and Krishna. I don't know if anyone remembers those girls who went through some pretty horrendous surgeries a number of years ago, but... He is just the most amazing Australian. He's missing all four limbs, but he is a force to be reckoned with in the pool. And he's been a stalwart of this team since London in 2012. And he's back for another game this time and, and couldn't be prouder of being part of the Australian Paralympic team. The Paralympics also has the ability to transform a city for the better. For example, before the event in Beijing, new infrastructure was built to make some of the city's most popular tourist attractions more accessible, like the elevators and ramps that were installed at the Great Wall of China and the extra access created at the Forbidden City. And while we wish our athletes the very best in their efforts to secure gold in Tokyo, our hearts also go out to the woman who would have been Afghanistan's first female Paralympian, Zakia Kudadadi. She was unable to get out of the country before the Taliban took control and has been in hiding ever since. We hope her and her family are safe and that one day she can represent her country at Taekwondo. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.